Hello, this is Tina from Tina Shabo Yoga and from Make Life Your Medicine podcast. And I just wanted to jump on here and have a little talk about the language of the omens. And I was kind of inspired this morning because it's such a beautiful time of the year. Here we are, we're past that beginning of spring where everything's just a little uh, unthreaded and chaotic. Uh, people are very high in their uh, vibration, so the anxiety is a real thing. And, you know, it's really something that's so, um, there are no coincidences in life, as we know, but everything uh, seems to be parallel to the seasons to me these days. And I follow my life living in an Ayurvedic uh, lifestyle, you know, as an Ayurvedic health counselor, I wish that I had had all of this knowledge growing up so that I would understand that I wasn't just an anxious person. I was just an anxious person around the equinoxes, spring and fall. And, but what I like to say about that time is it is a time for you to learn absolutely incredibly powerful coping skills for your own imbalances of anxiety and um, that that feeling of of being in the unknown, and for all of these seasons, all of these years, all of these days of my life, I was always I always thought that there was something maybe a little wrong with me. I think a lot of people that are that are addicts or alcoholics or uh, and when I say in the addiction realms, I don't think addiction just falls in the lines of drugs. I think uh, uh, as far as alcohol and and um, other drugs, I believe that addiction can run in the lines of people that have are prom- promiscuous certain times of their life or men that are married. There, we see this a lot, men or women that are married to partners that they love, but they can't help but cheat or people that cannot stop buying online, you know, every time they feel an impulse or a little uh, of that anxiety or the the unknown feeling that they grab that phone and they order something on Amazon. Maybe it's just lipstick. Maybe it's just a shirt. Maybe they've got, you know, a cart of clothes in Free free the People. That's my favorite uh, clothing line. I love that and uh, Beyond Yoga. But, you know, we all have our thing that we can start noticing that we are feeling that we're just, we're doing things to distract ourselves from these moments. And what I found in my sobriety is that these moments become very clear passages for me to be able to look deeper into myself and really, you know, what comes to the surface from that is a lot of compassion and empathy for other people. Because I see myself in everyone in the beginning of sobriety. I see myself in every client that comes to me who has incredibly strong anxiety and is is unhappy in life and, and feels that they don't know what their next step is going to be in their marriage or in their job. And, you know, for me to even be in the position that people reach out to, and I am these days, and uh, I feel very honored to be so, but when people reach out to me, and I get that message, and I can tell it's coming from a place of I have no one to reach out to that knows this about me, but Tina, hey, you know, I've got a drinking problem, or 
you know, there's something that touches me so deep in my heart in those moments that um, I know that that feeling itself came from my own journey. Um, and I've said for a long time that I wish that at that time when I was scared, sad, and alone, and um, going through the tail end of a divorce and felt like I didn't have a friend in the world, that I had isolated myself so much, I wasn't even speaking to my own family. I had some issues with them. Uh, I I had really destroyed uh, everything around me, almost like Shiva, you know, uh, all of this trauma from my childhood, all of the resentments I had. I had really isolated myself and, and I had to almost like rise from those ashes. And I didn't know a person in the world that I could reach out to at that time. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I think back, uh, there wasn't a lot of people that I knew if I didn't know anyone that had, was standing up and saying, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I'm, I, I've been through the hot messiness of a divorce and um, I will be here if you need me. The truth of the matter is when I got sober, that's why, why I wanted to, you know, come out and voice that so that people would know. And I remember the first time in my sobriety, it was 67 days sober that I wrote on Facebook because I wanted a little accountability. I said, I have 67 days, no judgment to anybody that likes the drink, but I can never manage it. And uh, I've had enough of this, you know? And um, I remember after I wrote that, that I had like 400 likes on that post, which was kind of shocking. But on top of that, all the people that said things under that, like, wow, um, three of the people that worked at McAdoo's, which was my favorite beer carry out that I got my beer almost every night of the week, I had written under there like, we miss you, Tina, <laughs> but, but we're proud of you, you know. Um, it was very touching. But what was even more touching than that was the two or three people in the following six to eight weeks that reached out to me and said, you know, I have a problem. And to me, you know, here's the thing that we find out in life are there are a lot of people around us that don't deal with their own crap, you know, they want to, you know, I think most of us want to, but, you know, I think number one, they don't know how. And number two, it's easier to stay in our patterns. It's, it's uh, feels more comforting, even if our patterns suck, because going out into the unknown is scary. You know, it's like jumping off the cliff when I left my job. It's scary. But I feel like this in the universe and the language of the omens, and, you know, especially with sobriety, is when you dive out into the unknown, that is what the sages reveal, is that you are held. This is what the divine wants you to do, is to jump out into the unknown and to to grow, to explore, to create, to know thyself, to realize those incredible things about yourself that maybe you've lost in this toxic world or that you've lost in your traumas of your um, upbringing. You know, I try to watch my language very strongly these days with and other people, you know, in my uh, yoga school, I, 
I'm continuously reminding people to watch their words. This weekend in my uh, Tina Shabo School of Yoga, we're going over compassionate communication, nonviolent communication. We are diving into trauma-sensitive training, how to deal with people that have had a lot of trauma. Um, and what I say to people all of the time when they're around me, because I've learned myself not to say it, is, you know, I, I see... I see parents talk to their children like, that's bad. Don't do that. Uh, you know, even our language, the way that we speak culturally to each other, to ourselves, is very negative undertoned, you know. So what I say, even if somebody's on my table and I'm working on them, I'm doing body work and they say, oh, my shoulder's bad or my my ankle sucks or my, my I'm broken down or I'm getting old. I I say every time, wait, 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 let's back up. Please start being careful about the way you speak to yourself. You know, let's start clearing continuously our language, our thoughts. And in that, in that space, you know, that beautiful space is where we can begin to see our body heal. You know, and I've, I've talked a lot about my lumbar spine where I had a uh, L4 and 5 herniation. Uh, my back went out after I quit drinking for four months. My back, I had a, I mean, a ferocious uh, situation where my back went out. I went on the floor and I couldn't walk for a week. And I thought I really was like on the ground, just like praying, please, please don't let me end up in a wheelchair. I didn't think I was ever going to walk because I didn't know what was wrong. And a year after that, uh, the same thing happened about to a 50% of that pain. So I was able to walk, but I was down for two or three days, like on ice and, and not able to work. The thing is, is uh, there was some trauma that was released in my body. I found later pre-verbal trauma that um, an incident that happened to me when I was 18 months old, uh, I saw a tragedy, my sister being killed, uh, or I was there when it happened. I have no recollection, of course, but uh, children that have trauma before they can speak any language, they that sets in a part of their body uh, and it cannot be released unless the, sh the light of awareness, you know, uh, some sort of light of awareness can, can be, you know, um, shined upon that, that darkness. And I say this a lot in yoga, shine a light into your dark corner. Sometimes a lot can be revealed in just a pain or discomfort that we have somewhere and we want to heal that. So bring the light into that, bring your awareness into that so we, you can heal those parts of your body. What I say, the language of the omens is always clear, precise, clean, and sacred. And in our own language that we reveal and walk into this earth should be clear, provide, uh, um, precise and loving and sacred as well. Um, but we can only learn this language by making mistakes and uh, listening to our body and our meditations and paying attention. You know, there are people that never, you know, that's what I see on my table a lot. People, not even on my table, just on my table. Most of the people that come to me anymore are really doing well with their practices and healing. But I see it outwardly out there uh, in the world that people are just walking in this space almost robotically and they aren't paying attention to the pain in their body. And it's like, it's becoming like a... Uh, Oh, everybody. And, you know, everybody. My family has diabetes. 
my entire, this is what people say to themselves, my entire family is obese or it runs in my family is genetic predisposition. You know, you write the, you write the book to your own disease, you know, and if, if people that listen to this, there's going to be 90% of the people that are drawn to my podcasts or my yoga or whatever because of my belief. And then you're always going to have people that say, oh, she doesn't understand everybody in my, and, and, and we eat broccoli and we eat salads and we still have diabetes. And I, I'm sure there are people that are genetically predispositioned to diabetes. There, of course, are. We know that. There are children that are. But the majority of people that get diabetes in their older age is it's because of food, you know, nutrition. And um, what I say is, you know, if we start tearing away, because if I followed the that law, I would have diabetes. I was uh, diagnosed with high blood pressure when I was 34. I was overweight. I had just got come out of a divorce. I was over 200 pounds. I was, um, I was actually probably 32. Um, and that woke me up because I didn't want on medication because I saw my grandmother um, become addicted to medication from her doctor. So I was terrified of become, taking pills. And I that's when I began to get on fruit fasts and doing fasting and things of that nature and starting to study plant-based eating. Um, but there is a symphony of the universe. And what I like to say is the more and more awake you are, by listening to the language of your own body and the language outside is the more that we can begin to heal ourselves, you know, and the, the longer that I'm on this earth, the more and more that I look at the light inside of me, you know, not in the light of others or the flaws of others, or, you know, I look at the flaws of myself, you know, I still have a lot of work to do. You know, just this past uh, month, there was a, about a week of serious irritation. My dreams were very violent. I was uh, raging, you know, and until I contain that dosha permanently in myself where it's very, it's more and more subtle, I've got a lot of work on my irritation, my irritability issues. I don't have rage anymore. I did at one time and I'm pretty good at taming it, but looking at ourself, when I said in this last workshop that I was in uh, last weekend, uh, the art of movement, it's part of my art of life series. I talked about how movement is medicine. And we did three 20 minute segments in our practice. The first one segment was grounding, all about how to ground, how to ground irritability, how to bring earth into fire and, and bring that irritability down or how to ground the anxiety. Because earth can also ground anxiety, you know, it can uh, ground air and ether. And then we went into uh, a rage practice, like uh, how to, you know, because the only way to get out of depression or lethargy is by movement. You've got to shake it up. So we did some raging, how to shake up irritability or how to tame down vata. Vata is the highest vibration. Too much anxiety. Can you tame it down with hot saunas and hot baths? Absolutely. Can you tame it down by sweating it out in a really hot yoga class or some deep sun salutations? Absolutely. So we went into that uh, rage practice. And then we went, I call it rage practice, but it was really like a balancing of pitta practice, lots of sun salutations and some fist hitting and some ego eradicator poses and a little kundalini throw. I threw in some kundalini breath work. 
And then we went straight into, lastly, Vata. And our Vata practice was uh, lots of quick movement, artistic dance, great music, fun. I had the flags we brought out and we were, everybody had these little streamers that they could dance with. And, and the, the cutest thing about that is in the beginning of a Vata practice, everybody's looking at each other like, I feel kind of silly, you know? And then by the end of that, everyone is like, I don't want this to end. Oh, no. You know, we're coming to a close. Because people begin to open up creatively and saying, this is okay to, to be childlike again and to enjoy movement on the way we're supposed to enjoy movement. So movement is always medi- medicine. You know, movement is our greatest medicine. I say, <clears throat> if you're breathing deeply and moving a lot and quieting the mind with some meditation and then bringing that awareness into your nutrition and feeding your temple with the most precious of food. And while you're eating the food, thinking kindly and feeling grateful, giving blessings, the blessings of food is going to be a powerful force in your healing. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh said, that it is, uh, and this always surprised me that he said this, but I believe it was him that said this. I'm 90% sure. He said, it is more healing to eat a Big Mac in kind thoughts than a salad in violent or mean thoughts. And that really hit me, you know, of what the body's doing, even when you're eating, that it's not going to digest well if you're if you are not uh, in a state of love. Um, I also say sitting alone, sitting together, collective energy or by yourself, any kind of energy that is watching the mind is good energy. I said for a long time, I like to meditate with people. I like people. I like to practice yoga with people. You know, I was forced to isolate during COVID and that was really great for creating some practices of being alone in my meditations and practice. And that's great, but I love to be around people. I just do. Um, it's hard for me to not adore most people that I meet, uh, even in all of our flaws. I think we're all so really special and spectacular and uh, I really can see, I can see beautiful things in every single person I meet. I. I think that humans are doing the best they can. I know there's really bad people out there, you know, um, but I also think that even the bad people that are just walking in this world and really bad have probably been the most in the most suffering and they're still living in their own nightmare and they haven't woke up yet, you know, but I believe we all have that capability of waking up and, and, and reckoning, you know, and, 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 and changing, we, we all can change. Uh, the last thing I want to say is um, to be loved means to be recognized as existing. And that we should always uh, be with people that treat us well. And to be loved is not being with someone that um, talks bad to us or uses us, or um, continuously reminds us of the mistakes we've made, or brings up uh, 
you know, we all have flaws, but, you know, I didn't know this long time ago, codependency, what it really is, but it's just people that relive their traumas continuously with each other, and those relationships bring us down. We have codependency with almost everyone that's in our family in some way, but we can even shine the light on that. You know, during this last Mercury in retrograde, uh, there was a lot of transitional. It was in the planets were in Scorpio, and I noticed that there was almost an uplifting, a release for me of um, a little codependency I had still left with somebody that I love very much. I don't want to say a little bit; it was a lot. Someone I love as much or more than I love myself, and I realized that finally something unthreaded uh, between the two of us that we realized that we need space. And I know it to be mutual. We realize that this isn't working anymore. We need space to reconcile our relationship a bit so that we can thread new patterns. You know, <laughs> there's, a, there's this, uh, I remember this quote that says that we should treat everybody we love like we just met them in this moment. Because what we do, you know, familiarity breeds contempt you know the more we know somebody they see our raw ugly self you know my boyfriend I've been with him nine years and sometimes I just don't pay attention to him I do my own thing and and is and he doesn't get the attention he deserves sometimes you know I've been trying to give him more because he's such a good person and remember what it was like when we were young and we uh, gave people that precious attention um I've been trying to do that more often this month, just shining a light on the way I treat people that I do love that I'm not uh, treating uh, in that way. So, <sighs> I want everyone to have a beautiful day. It is absolutely gorgeous here. It is going to be 90. Uh, gosh, you know, we all laugh. We all complain about the coldness of spring and blah, blah, blah. And then I joked yesterday, somebody, I said, it's going to be 90 all week. And now we can start complaining about how hot it is. And um, my client started laughing. She goes, it's so true. But honestly, I love summer. It's my favorite month. I don't care how hot it gets. Bring it on. Bring that steamy heat on. I like to sweat. I feel so powerful. My joints feel amazing. My arthritis just totally diminished. It is gone. And I have more energy than every other season. So to me... Bring all that fire on. I just absolutely love it. Uh, I just want to tell everybody, uh, get to class. Uh, my foundational flow at SOMC's Tuesday, Thursday uh, at 9 a.m. It is great for beginners. Uh, Saturday vinyasa, bring it on, and I will. we will get some cardio in with some dynamic uh, yoga. Saturday at 9 a.m., and Tuesday and Thursday at 10, I'm sorry, Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. is my life cycle. Friday at 9 a.m. is life cycle. It's my spin class. And then Tuesday and Thursday at 10 is my foundational flow. And then also June 11th coming up Saturday is the Art of Aging Younger. And that is my workshop, 1030 to noon. And I'm going to be doing some fantastic oils and I'm going to go over an entire skincare routine talking about hydration we're going to talk about everything about how to make your skin glow how to dry brush your skin so that your body is just making new skin cells all the time how to to really touch base with uh making your skin tighter and more supple and just beautiful and and what foods to to eat to 
make that happen. And uh, remember always to reach out to me if you need. Also, uh, we have a meeting in the fall that will be starting back. It's a refuge recovery meeting on Friday evenings. It's a little underground, uh, mainly for women in alcohol, but I am opening that up to uh, men in the fall as well. So uh, let me know if you uh, would love to uh, reach out or if you want to come to any of my classes or workshops. And remember... As always, to make life your medicine, have a beautiful, beautiful week.